I have a fun illustration I want to start with today. Thank you, James. So last week, James took us through Paul's prayer for the Ephesians that they would be filled with the fullness of God. That's his, that's Paul's desire for the Ephesian Christians, and of course, that reflects God's heart for us, right? God wants you, he wants me to be filled with all the fullness of God. And tonight's message is fundamentally a challenge to us. Do we want to be filled with all the fullness of God? Now, this is a prayer prayed on behalf of Christians. So, Christians who are, as chapter 1 told us, indwelt with the Spirit of God. So, we're already saved. The Spirit of God indwells us. We, our sins have been forgiven. Heaven is our destiny. But there is so much more of God that we can experience even in this life. And what Paul knows and he is praying against is the Christian who is not filled with all the fullness of God, but is only sprinkling God on his or her life. And so I think it's very appropriate that we have life cereal, right? Life cereal. And here we are. This is us with all that's going on in our lives, right? There you are. I want you to imagine yourself right here. And unfortunately, too many of us, this is God, by the way, right here. Too many of us are content with just sort of sprinkling a little of God on our lives, and yeah, it enhances the taste, right? Life's a little, it's better. But that's not what Paul is praying for. That's not what God wants for us. God wants us to be filled with all the fullness of God. You see the difference? I want this. I think, I think I want this to be my life. I have begun to experience, I, I've begun to taste and see that the Lord is good and He is, uh, as I taste and see that the Lord is good, uh, I begin to cultivate an appetite for God and I desire more and more fullness. All right, James, are you going to help me? I probably need to take this away here. So which of those pictures represents you and your life right now? And what do you want it to be? Do you want to grow spiritually? Do you want to become more like Jesus? 
Do you want to be filled with all the fullness of God? That's not just a rhetorical question. I actually, I asked that of myself. I asked that of you. I think this is a question we have to actually wrestle with. And I don't think we should just dismiss it with, oh, of course I'm a Christian. Christians want to be like Jesus. Here's why I think it's a, a difficult question, a challenging question. In order to be filled with more of God, we must be emptied of more of ourselves. Right? There's not room for more me and more God. If I want to be filled with all the fullness of God, I've got to empty my life of some stuff that probably right now I am holding dear. Even sin and selfish ambition and vain conceit and other things. And so really, another way to ask this question is, what in my life right now am I willing to abandon, give up, empty in order to be full, more filled with God? So let's sit on this a little more as we, as we wrestle with this question. The Apostle James, in his letter, fourth chapter, fourth verse, writes this. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world, pause right there, do I want to be a friend of the world? What, do we, what does that mean, to be a friend of the world? Why would we want to be a friend of the world? Well, if I'm a friend of the world, then I can just go out into the world and all that it offers, we're, we're chummy about, right? I'm not having to say no to the temptations of the world. If it looks good, if it's tempting, I can just go indulge because I'm a friend with the world. The world and I get along. If I'm a friend with the world, then the world won't persecute me. The world will accept me as one of its own. I think it's very tempting to want to be a friend of the world. Because what's the opposite? The opposite is you're not a friend of the world. The, friend, the world views you as an enemy. You view the world as uh, spiritually dangerous in many ways. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Do I want to be filled with all the fullness of God? Well, then I've got to give up any hope of being a friend of the world, any ambition of the world looking at me and saying, we smile on you, you're one of us, we're going to applaud you. Or do you suppose that it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has 
made to dwell in us. Jesus in Mark chapter 12, or Mark chapter 7, talks about things within us that have to be emptied if we want to have be filled more with God. Mark chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus says, For from within, so these things are within us, and they got to get out of us if we want to be filled more with God. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts. You willing to give up your evil thoughts in order to be more filled with God? Sexual immorality. You willing to give up your sexual immorality in order to be more full, filled with God? Theft, murder, adultery. Are we willing to give these things up so that we may be filled with all the fullness of God? Coveting, coveting. Looking at what someone else has and thinking, I want that. My life would be better if I had that. God hasn't given me that, but if I had that, my life would be better off. Wickedness. Deceit. Ooh, how many Christians use deceit as a way to manage life, to get out of tough spots, or to get what they want from other people? Are we willing to give that up? Deceit of all kinds. Give that up totally in our lives. Sensuality. Ooh, that's a big word. Sensuality. Which means um, an over-prioritization of the senses. Pleasure. Comfort. Vacation. Not all vacations, but... Food, not all food, obviously, but you prioritize pleasing the body above doing the will of God. Are we really, are we really, really willing to give that up in order to be more full of God? Envy. Envy is not just wanting what somebody else has, it's actually feeling negatively toward that person because they have the life you wish you had. Slander. Knocking other people down with your words. Maybe not even to their faiths, but knocking down their reputation. Pride. Self-reliance when it should be God-reliance. Foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. And read the Bible, there's a lot more that's in all of us that we have to be willing to empty if we want to be filled with more God. And so... May I propose that 
that we are as full of God as we want to be. I'm as full of God as I want to be. You are as full of God as you want to be. Do we want to be filled with all the fullness of God? I think we need to say, God, help me. Remember that verse, God, I believe, help my unbelief? And so here's our first affirmation statement, and I, I, I invite you to pray this with me, and I pray this for myself. And here it is, and then we'll pray it together. But let me say it out loud. God, help me want you more than what keeps me from you. Willing to pray that for yourself? Let's pray this out loud. God, help me want you more than what keeps me from you. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3. We're looking tonight at two verses primarily, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. And what Paul has got in his mind here is not God can give us bigger houses. God can keep our bodies healthy. God can keep our kids in line and our marriages happy. God can do all of that stuff. God can help us pick the right stock so that we never have to worry about finances again. That's not what he got, he's got in mind. This is following his prayer that the Ephesians would be filled with all the fullness of God. And what he's saying is the, the fullness of God that you can imagine and that you ask for, God can do far more than that in your life. Which is why I think our lack of spiritual growth is not about uh, a can we, it's about will we, <laughs> right? It, it's, it's a, actually, I would say, based on this verse, it's, it's a problem of imagination, not capacity. Our lack of spiritual growth is it's a, an imagination pro, uh, problem, not a capacity problem. Does God want to fill us with all the fullness of God? Well, he's, Paul just prayed for it, which is a reflection of the heart of God. Yes, God wants to fill us with all the fullness of, God, of himself. So he wants to. Can he? Well, there's the answer right here. Now, he is able, God is able to do far more abundantly. In fact, in Greek, it's basically infinitely more than limit with with a limitlessness he can do infinitely more than all that we ask or think i like the niv's translation better because rather than think they use the word imagine more than all that we can think or imagine and it <coughs> there is an implicit challenge here 
And, and the challenge is ask God for more than you're asking. Imagine God doing more in your life than he's currently doing. And there's a definite link between imagining and asking because you're not going to ask for what you're not imagining, right? Without a vision, the people perish. If you, can't, if you can't see a better spiritual life in front of you, you're never going to ask for it. And so we need to ask God to, ex to um, expand our imagination uh, of, what, of how our life can be better with more of him. I think it needs to start there. I think we need to say, God help me see. In fact, here's, here's the affirmation. I'll put it, this is the prayer I would ask us to pray. I'll read it. And then if you want this, to pray this, pray it out loud with me. But first I'm going to read it. God help me see specific ways that more of you can better my life. You want to pray that with me? Let's pray it out loud. God Help me see specific ways that more of you can better my life. <clears throat> Albert Einstein says, your imagination is your preview of life's coming attractions. If you cannot imagine a, a life more full of God than the one you've got, you're never going to ask for it. And, and... If you don't see how that life, more full of God, is better for you, you're not going to ask for it. Does that make sense? So, one of, the, one of the things that I do in my personal life and in my work life uh, that I find helpful is every once in a while I will sit down and I will segment my life. And I sometimes I'll take a piece of paper and I'll have a little category lines, right? Uh, marriage, kids, staff, relationship with staff, relationship with elders, uh, you know, the vision of the church. And I will sit and think about that area of my life, you know, and I'll think about where am I, what's good, what's bad, and I'll, I'll, I will ask God to help me imagine see where it, how it could be better because I know I can't, I'm not going to drive forward until I have a picture in my mind of how that area can change, right? This is, this is actually basic leadership. You have, to, you have to envision a better future or you'll never move toward it. It's the same thing spiritually. And so I challenge all of us to sit down and think, think about your life, your spiritual life. How, how, is, my per, how is my devotional life? Uh, are there particular sins that I feel in bondage to? How's, how's my marriage? How, how, uh, how am I spending my time? How am I spending my money? What about the entertainment choices I have? What are my ambitions? And then ask God to sanctify your imagination in those areas. Say, you know, and invite the Spirit of God. You know, God, would you please 
Show me where I need to change. Show me where my life can be better here. And if you pray that and you want to, God will sanctify your imagination. He'll give you a vision of how that area of your life can be more full of God. And sometimes it's scary and you have to say, God, help me. Help me want that. Help me go after that. Help me to even want it. And, and often that is a, a, a work of, so often that is a work that the Spirit of God has to do in us even to give us the appetite for that. Now one question to ask uh, that can help us um, imagine is to ask the question, in this specific area of my life, what if God were to bend his limitless power, what might happen? Right? So we've best just been told God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. So imagine that you have a, a, an area of sin in your life that's persistent and you have been unable to um, break out of it. You just keep saying yes to sin and no to God. And so in this area, you've got a, you're, you're in bondage. And so you imagine, what you ask is you say, if God were to, to bend his limitless power in my life in that specific area, what might happen? And it takes faith to imagine God would empower me to start saying no to that temptation. And then over time, I would be slowly but surely set free. And then I would have a testimony of being set free from that sin. And then I would be walking in freedom, not slavery in that area. And you begin to get a picture of what your better life could be. And once you get that, once you get that vision in your mind and you begin to have an appetite for it, and you're, you begin to, then you begin to ask, you see? And so God is saying, you're not imagine, your, your imaginations are not matching my greatness. None of us is. Our God is too small. That's a famous book, and it's right. Our God is too small. God is able to do abundantly more than we are imagining that he wants to do and can do in our lives. And we, but we've got to imagine it first. We've got to see it. And then we begin to pray. And so we say, God, help me see specific ways that more of you can better my life. So run this in whatever area of your life you want. Your marriage. And maybe your marriage is cold right now. It's loveless. It's, there's tension. And it feels hopeless until you begin to think about God who has all power, who wants to fill you with all the fullness of God, and you begin to ask that he would make changes in your marriage, which of course starts with you. Give me a heart that's soft. Help me not to respond in anger. Help me not to be selfish. Right? And you begin, to, you begin to imagine what you in your marriage when you're empowered by God could look like and you begin to pray towards that end. 
And you will, when we do this, uh, do you think God, you know, closes his ears off to those kind of prayers? Do you think he's indifferent to prayers of God, fill me with more of you? Absolutely not. First John chapter 5, verse 14. We read this. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, toward God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us according to his will. You never, ever have to wonder, is it at the will of God for me to be filled with more God? Of course that's according to his will. And we have confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. So as it relates to your spiritual growth, God wants you to be bolder in what you ask for. He can, he wants to, he will, if you ask him for it. He'll set you free from that sin. He'll, he'll produce the fruit of his spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control in your life. You will, you will be rooted and grounded in God's love. Rooted, I love that. Roots are sucking up nutrients, right? When you're rooted in the, in the love of God, wh what are you sucking up for life? You're sucking up God's love and that's what's beginning to produce. You, 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 you root yourself in the love of God and you suck up the love of God for a while, what's going to start being produced in you? The life of God, right? God wants this for you. He wants you to be full, filled with all the fullness of God. Do you want it? Do I want it? Can I see how my life would be better? Do, am I praying for that? C.S. Lewis, he's famous for saying, Ugh, so many Christians content themselves with uh, making mud pies beside a mud puddle when, when they could be at the beach making sandcastles. I think that's what we're being challenged with right here in the scripture. Don't content yourself with a little sprinkle of God on your life. Be filled with all the fullness of God. He's talking to Christians here. He's talking to Christians. And being filled with all the fullness of God is not automatic. You have to understand that. Your spiritual growth is not automatic. You have a choice in the matter. You have to envision it. You have to want it. You have to pray for it. May, may Christ dwell in your hearts richly. Remember that? Dwell with you so that you're all, you are aware of the presence of Christ by his Holy Spirit day by day, moment by moment. You're hanging out with him. You're interacting with him. How many Christians get saved and then they just, head, they just start doing life on their own? And, and you know what we have to do? We have to take faith 
By the way, that's what he says here. He says, it takes faith. He grants you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Here's what takes faith. Believing that you're better off being filled with all the fullness of God than filled with yourself and filled with your agenda and filled with your pet sins. It takes faith because you read in God's holy word the words of the creator where true life can be found. And you hear in Jesus saying, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And you say, I believe. And so I'm going to listen to Jesus. And where he tells me life can be found, that's where I'm going to pursue it. And you know what? It doesn't always make sense to us. And it's, it's not being reinforced out there in the world. So one reason to be part of a be part of a church because the church will reinforce if you're part of a Bible-believing, preaching church, that church will reinforce uh, the truths of God in your life and will encourage you to walk by faith. But we have to believe that a life filled with God is better than a life filled with ourselves. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. There will always be a gap between what we're asking for and what God can do. But boy, let's shrink that gap. All of us, let's shrink that gap. According to the power at work within us. So how does God bring it about? He's not bringing just the path to pass through some external power, he's saying the Holy Spirit resides in you. And it's the Spirit that resides in you that will produce the fullness of God in you. To him be glory in the church. To him be glory in the church. Is there a grander purpose for Clearwater Church than to glorify God? I don't want that to be just an aspirational goal. I want that to be a reality. I want Clearwater Church to be bringing glory to God. The God who loved us enough that he left heaven and he came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ and he went to the cross and he laid his life down that we might live. And now as Pastor James pointed out last week, so now like Paul we want to say, therefore I don't live anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. What is my reasonable service? To lay down my life as an offering. God, here I am. I'm yours. Use me as you want. And do you know what? Our pursuit of God is a primary way that we glorify God. Let me sit on this a little bit. Does it bring glory to God when we say a little sprinkle of God in my life is good enough? It certainly doesn't bring the same glory to God of a life that says, I know, I believe that more of God in my life is, means I'm a better life. And I'm going to pursue God. And I'm going to keep emptying myself. 
and I'm going to be asking God to give me more of himself. You know what that says to all who are watching? And the spiritual realm is watching. It says God is good and God is worthy of pursuit and God is worthy of sacrificing for. That's the same thing we see in Job. In Job, uh, God brags on Job and says, have you seen this righteous Job? And Satan says, the only reason he uh, follows you is because you give him the goodies of life. And then God says, okay, take the goodies away. Oh, well, Satan says, do you take the goodies away and he'll, he'll curse you. Right? In other words, is, is God worthy of pursuit for who he is or only for what he gives us? And so when Christian people pursue God, it glorifies God. It glorifies God. And our apathy, our contentedness with just casual Christianity, our lukewarm spiritual uh, attitudes takes away the glory that we could be giving him. And so here's the last prayer. I'll read this out loud and then I ask you to pray it with me if you want. But first let me read it out loud. God, help us be discontent with anything less than being filled with all the fullness of God. And, and we need God to do that in us. Apart from the Spirit of God working in us, we will be content with God sprinkled on our lives. We need the Spirit of God to constantly um, make us thirsty and hungry for Him. So, ready? Let's pray this. God, help us be discontent with anything less than being filled with all the fullness of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. This is a, I love this verse, great verse. To this end, we always pray for you. Paul, boy, he prays, he prays for other believers. And he's praying uh, for their spiritual growth. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. So he's saying, you know, all, every, every resolution that you make to do good and every, every um, act of faith, may God fulfill it. May he bring it to completion by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. And you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want Clearwater Church to be a place where God is glorified. Because we are a people discontent with anything less than being filled with all the fullness of God. And, and every time we talk to each other and we say, tell me about God's goodness in your life. How are you doing spiritually? How are you growing spiritually? Um, you know, what has God shown you in the word? What, 
How, do you how can you encourage me? When we are having those conversations, when we're challenging each other and, and loving each other and pressing each other to greatest Christ greater Christ-likeness, that glorifies God. It glorifies God. And I think, I think that those are the kind of things that we're going to hear, for which we're going to hear someday, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and enter into your rest. For which we will be rewarded. Those are the kind of things that aren't going to be burnt up like wood, hay, and stubble on the final day of judgment. So listen, I am the first to say I too often get content. I said, I, I, I think I am as full of God as I want to be. I think that's true. And so God, would you work in my heart a holy discontent, a desire for you, a desire for all, to be filled with all of God. Is that your desire? Let that be your desire and let's spread that desire. Let's pray. Lord, it is, your word says it, we have not even begun to imagine what you have in store for us. We haven't even begun to imagine. Thus, we certainly have not asked for. You in our lives, the way that you can and want to be in us. And so, we ask God that you would make us want more of you. We ask that you would help us to see specific ways that our life would be better off with more of you in it. And Lord, that you would create a holy discontent so that we would, we would not stop short of filled with all the fullness of God. We want to glorify you. We want all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.